Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. We are just over a week away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting the 2022 regular season on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys, but there is still plenty to get to today as the Bucks 53-man roster is official, the initial one, that is, and uh, there were some surprise cuts, one in particular that we will get into today. You can follow me on Twitter, at TD Experience. BucksNation.com had all of the news throughout the day as all of these cuts became public news, and check out Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And now someone who will never be cut from being my co-host on this podcast, uh, even though he's wanting to make me change my mind with uh, the salute he's given me right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, the Len Martez. Len, what's up, man? Oh, that's my bad, man. I was trying to tell you uh, 11 days till, till the regular season starts for the Buccaneers. Oh. Did I use the wrong fingers? My mistake. My apologies. I could have just, I could have just, just read it wrong. It was I mean, actually. Look, it's a one and a one. That's 11, right? Isn't that? <laughs> I'm, my depth perception's not very good right now. It could easily Wait, just. Can you see it now? It could be. Are you giving me two thumbs up? Is no, that what, is that no, what just I'm giving, I'm giving you these big old long fingers right here. All right, Lynn, let's get right into it. I mean, it's, we can talk a little bit about the preseason game if you want, but I think the big storyline is the roster and the the breaking news that came out fairly early in the day on cutdown day on Tuesday was that the Bucks cut Tyler Johnson. Last week, we talked about what our predictions were for this roster, and we talked about that one of the more interesting things was who was going to be in those final couple receiver spots and both of us said, Johnson's a lock. It's maybe Miller gets cut. Maybe uh, Perriman gets cut in favor of one of the young guys. But no, it comes out early in the day that Tyler Johnson has been waived by the Buccaneers. He has since now signed with the Houston Texans. Uh, Todd Bowles comes out and says that it is because uh, of a lack of value in terms of special teams. Even though you mentioned at the beginning of camp, Tyler Johnson's willingness to play special teams, Lynn, just how surprised were you when you heard the news that not only uh, that not only that not only Johnson was being cut, but that both Miller and Perryman made uh, the initial fifty-three man roster? Not so much who, but why. That's the issue I have, and I can say issue because. It's going to be talked about between now and the start of the regular season, which, again, is 11 days away. If you can catch my 11 right there, Trey Downey. But, again, it's not so much who, but why. And you mentioned the why in regards to special teams. And we've talked about on this podcast regarding how the, the depth chart or the final 53 was going to fall out in regards to the wide receiver room and who was going to be inside that room, who was going to make it as far as the, the guys that you knew right off the bat, right? Evans, Godwin, Gage, Jones, Locks, right? The next guy you thought was going to be a lock was going to be Darden because what he gives you on special teams based off the conversation in regards to special teams. 
the thing that I said, when we started breaking it down, even way back when we talked about the final 53 in regards to this team potentially putting good players out on the street, so to speak, a wide receiver, is I said it. <laughs> I said it. There is one veteran that doesn't give you anything in regards to special teams that is beyond those four veterans that I talked about. Evans, Godwin, Gage, and Jones, Locks. The one guy that falls behind those other four guys that doesn't give you anything in regards to special teams is Richard Perryman. That's the guy I thought who was walking the plank when it came to being the guy that was most likely to get cut. Why? Because he's a veteran. You already know what you got in him. And granted, he's injury giving, struggles too in camp this this year. But he's giving you some plays in the regular season since Tom's been here. And honestly, I talked about it last week as far as ETE, experience, trust, and equity when it came to Aaron Stinney. I'm telling you, it's not so much who in regards to Tyler Johnson, it's why. And the explanation was Todd Bowles gave it today when he talked to the media first time since the final 53 was out. And he talked about in regards to the fact that, well, Rashad gives us something in regards to special teams. He does? Because last I checked, and God bless the, 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 the people that cover the Timber Bay Buccaneers at the Advent Health Training Center, the media folks, including Greg Armin of The Athletic, they tell, they'll tell you, Rashad Perriman, less than 10, less than 10 special teams play in his career. That means, you know what that means? <laughs> that means in one game, <laughs> one game, whoever plays special teams this year is going to have more than Rashad had in his whole career. Not to mention the fact that, and you brought it up because of Tyler Johnson, willingly, because he knows he wants to make this team, willingly will play special teams or would have played special teams to make this team. He played 89 last year, right? Right under 90 in two years. But the thing is, is that you might say to yourself, played two years, 89 plays. Isn't that guy giving you more value on special teams? It all depends on what he was doing, number one. And I'll say it again. Trust. And you know whose trust it is? <laughs> that dude. 12. And that's the thing that gets me, Trey. Because for all that may come out of this in regards to Tyler Johnson not being here and Bashard Perriman being here, here's the thing that sticks out for, to me. And that is this. When it comes to dealing with the media, Todd Bowles knows this. He's no dummy. He's dealt with the media in New York. He's dealing with the media in Tampa Bay here. He's dealt with it since, since he was here as far as a defensive coordinator. Now as a head coach. Here's the thing. Don't play us for fools. Don't play Bucks Nation for fools, right? If you want to, us to believe that Tom Brady is going away and it's 11 days away, is pre-planned, okay, we'll take your word for it. But then a week later, you can't come up to tell us <laughs> you're keeping Bashar Perman because he's got value on special teams when in one game, somebody's going to outplay his whole career on special teams snaps. That's the issue I have with everything that's come out in the last couple of days. Forget the who. It's the why. Uh, let me get into the why for a second. And you mentioned... Tom Brady's 11-day absence. 
throughout a lot of camp in those first two preseason games, Tyler Johnson might have been one of the most impressive bucks on the roster, especially that that first preseason game. I yeah, but I don't think it's I don't no, I, I'm saying I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say that Tom being gone during Johnson's you know some of his better play had some kind of factor in this. I mean, he had that drop against Indianapolis in the last preseason game, and I I personally think that that didn't do Johnson any favors. Tom not being here when he was playing some of his best football throughout those two weeks of camp. I think that that hurt Johnson. Go further back, man. He had drops last year with Tom. Yeah, but I think but I think if Tom is here during when he's showing that progress that he made, I think that makes a difference. Now, here's, again, I'm telling you, it's a matter of trust. Tom's got to be able to trust you when we're playing the 17 or we're, make, or we're making that run in the playoffs. Tom's got to be able to trust you. And I'm not knocking Tyler Johnson. I'm just... But I'm you don't think making, he earned some of Tom's trust with the way he was with the way he was performing? He would have earned some of Tom's trust if Tom was throwing him some of those balls instead of Trask or Gabbert. Preseason camp, my man wants you to. That dude wants you to do it when it counts. And so Tyler Johnson was pretty much destined to be cut from this team this year, regardless. Unless the, unless there was a change of heart, in regards to a change of trust. In regards to, in my opinion, now again, I'm I'm telling you what I see, based off of what's happened, mm-hmm. okay, based off last year, based off of moving forward, and and where we are right now, as I mentioned, 11 days away from the start of the 2022 season, I'm telling you, based off of what I've seen, I, I think that he had to do a whole lot to gain that trust back that he potentially lost from. Tom Brady, that dude. And not only that, if Bashad Perriman's catching footballs, and you mentioned, yeah, he had his drops in camp, dude. In camp. I mean, he had the big play against Buffalo last year, big catches against Carolina. And another thing that gets me, <laughs> and I know he's hurt, but Cyril Grayson outplayed both those guys. But he's banged up. Yeah. Right? He's banged up. Can you imagine where we'd be if if Grayson was healthy? If Grayson was healthy, and it's a big if, um, granted, you know, we can do this because we got time to kill when it comes to the 11 days, right? But if Grayson was healthy, that's a huge curveball into how that final seven in that wide receiver room ends up. Because honestly, if Grayson was healthy, Perriman and Johnson probably would have gotten cut. And if they hadn't, then I'd really have an issue with the fact that you, you, can't, you can't tell me Grayson did not, especially from a special team standpoint. That's where he started. That's where he cut yeah. his teeth. That's He's a special team's ace. Offensively, Jets game, Panthers game. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, because of the special teams thing, you can't say if if Grayson is healthy, you can't say that Johnson necessarily makes the team over Scotty Miller, but it's just one of those what if what if kind of scenarios that you never that will really never know. Um as far as the fifty three man roster goes, no really other surprises, I'd say. I mean I think if Grant Stewart was 
both of us might have expected him to be on the team, but they make that trade. He's traded to the Colts. Uh, so that's somewhat of a surprise that he's not on the initial uh, 53-man roster. The practice squad in terms of guys that have been brought back, we talked about those rookie receivers and how they were performing throughout camp in terms of uh, Gareth Stearns and then uh, Devin Tompkins and Geiger as well. All of them cleared waivers, and now it's been Geiger and Tompkins who have been brought back in terms of the practice squad for the Buccaneers this year. Uh, anything on the on the roster surprise you? I think based on the offensive line and the possible injuries to to Hainsey and to Leverett, I think that the way that they shaped that offensive line on the 53-man roster shows that those injuries aren't too serious and they're confident in the health of those guys. No, and this is this is Wednesday, and we're 11 days away from from the first day of the 2022 Buck season starting. But this Wednesday, the first day of, of their practice week, right, regular season getting ready, mm-hmm. according to reports, Leverett and uh, Hainsey practice, right? So when it comes to Hainsey's ankle, Leverett's shoulder, it's not considered to be serious, and those guys are expected to be out there week one in Dallas, Jerry's World. Now, when you start talking about the final 53, no surprises other than what we already bashed out in regards to the wide receivers of concern. The good thing about that is when you look further into the depth chart, okay, and I mentioned Hainsey and Leverett practicing today. Well, another guy who practiced today is going to be a big deal moving forward, potentially because you may not have your number, you may not have your number two wide receiver. It's Russell Gage who got out there today in practice. Godwin's so still practicing deal. in the orange, no contact jersey. Godwin is. Yes, I, did I say Gage Godwin? Yes. No, no, no. I'm just making sure we're clear that that you meant that yes. you, that's Godwin. Yes. So with that, I mean, we're 11 days away for the tenth time in this podcast, and at least you've stopped. You stopped showing me the visual aid for eleven. I can bring it back if you want me to. <laughs> I'm be more than happy to. <laughs> but my point is the fact that 11 days away, still in orange jersey. And that leads me to believe that we're getting closer and closer to the reality that Chris God was not going to play week one. All right. And because of that, when Gage is out there, you're looking at everyone being bumped up on the depth chart. And speaking of the depth chart, um, you're probably not going to do it because you're probably tired of saying it and Keyshawn Vaughn yeah I know (laughs) even though that was even though that was a little little surprising to me with the way that Rashad White played I I think I think throughout the season I think when we look at the end of the year for this team I think White ends up playing more snaps and having more touches than Keyshawn Vaughn by the end of the season. That may, be, that. that may be valid, but <laughs> I explained to you very clearly <laughs> how this works. <laughs> and that is the fact that Keyshawn Vaughn has trust in equity and experience. Keep telling you, that's how it works. All right? ETE, baby. ETE. Experience, trust, equity. I'm a, I'm a, along with that dude and ETE, I'm, I'm going to bury with that until 2023. Because it's facts. Facts. Just like that dude. 
Facts. 45 and still bald, man. Another subject. <laughs> we got people doubting this guy. Stop. Just stop doubting this guy. Okay, let's let's get into it. What do you th- what did you think of him getting out there on the field in the final preseason game against the Colts, the little bit of playtime that he got, and then his comments after the media, after to the media, because, I mean, we talked about, you know, that this was a pre-planned thing. Uh, Tom didn't really want to get into it. Uh, Rick Stroud, who was there in that presser, said it was clear to him that Tom Brady is being... Wait, 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 wait. who? Rick Stroud. Mount Rushmore, uh, Rick Stroud. Yes, Mount, Mount Rushmore, the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, because Rick because Stroud, if you want me yeah. to do it, I'll gladly do it. But yeah, if you don't want if you don't no. want to give him his flowers, I'll give right him his there. flowers. You want to know why? Because he's been covering his team longer than you've been on this earth. So I'll give 100%, him his flowers. Hundred percent. Mount Rushmore's Rick Stroud. Say it right. Phenomenal, phenomenal reporter. The right one of the standard bearers in terms of reporting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, the word he used was tormented that Tom Brady is still tormented by something that's going on off the field, which you see that word tormented is a strong word. So what do you think of Tom's performance? And does the, does the comments after the game, do they worry you in a sense of that, Tom's full focus that that could have it whatever it is off the field could eventually become a sh- distraction at some point during the season. No, no, no. <laughs> he's earned. He's earned the fact that we we I mean whether it be Bucks media, Bucks Nation, football fans, he's earned and has the equity to be where he's at in regards to us thinking. Not an issue. One of the least things you should worry about on this football team. The dude is 45 years old, still playing, dude. At, I mean, you want to bring up other quarterbacks that you might think better or that are better than him at, at you know, at, at this time in his career? That's fine. Those dudes are half his age. <laughs> Let that sink in. The guys you want to bring up that you say, oh, I'll take that guy before I'll take Tom Brady. Give me Josh Allen before I'll take Tom Brady. Give me Patrick uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes before I'll take Tom Brady. Okay. Those dudes are half his age, nearly half his age, when maybe Mahomes, who might be 24, 25. Okay. Just under half his age. That guy is the least of the Bucks' concern. Now, I will say this much, and you use the word, and Rick used the words. And Rick didn't use that word because he was just Googling, hey, let's look up synonym for uh, torn. Hey, tormenting, let's use that. Hell no. Rick knows. (laughs) Rick knows. Rick knows. I'll just say that. There's something that, that it may not be what people are alluding to. Oh, he had plastic surgery. Oh, he was the... Crap that you had going out to, he was going out to Fox to do a premiere. Don't go there. I'm just throwing that out there. It's the list of things that went out there. You don't have to say anything. Don't say anything. Again, those type of things. But when Rick mentions the words tormented, it brings me to the fact that there may be a family thing in regards to 
his own family. Now, again, it's just me jumping off. It, it, it's been reported, though, a lot of people were worried about his parents' health. It's been reported that his parents are doing fine. So I'm just want to completely his throw that out. Yes. Like in his house. Okay? In his house. And that's just me. That's just me. That is nothing in regards to facts or anything that I may have read or someone put a bug in my ear in regards to, No. Because when you start using those terms like that, you start talking about real personal stuff, man. And that's, you know, that, that's the thing that, that gets me. Now, when it comes to playing the 17 and potentially the games after that, I'm not worried about that, dude. That dude's laser focused, man. Again, you want a list of three or four guys you might take before him. You got one game to play for your life this year. What quarterback are you going to take? You want to run down the names? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do a Twitter poll. I mean, poll. Tom Brady. Tom Do a Brady Twitter was... poll, tough guy. And people will name the names, and they'll throw, they'll throw the names out. And with the exception of maybe one guy, Aaron Rodgers, all the other guys are either half or nearly half his age. I'll take 12. You go take the other guys. Boy, I'll, clearly... take, I'll take – I'll take that dude. You go take the other guys. Clearly his peers agree with you because he was voted the number one player in the NFL in the top 100 players that was just finalized. This where it matters week. most. Where it matters piece, most. Yeah. The, okay. Where, where, where it matters most. Where guys, where guys, okay, whether it be in the locker room at Gillette Stadium or in the locker room here at Raymond James, pow, or at the Abbott Hill Training Center, all right? Inside those locker rooms, those guys. Think you and I want to sit here and talk football, blah, 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 blah. You got your opinion. I got my, oh, in your world, Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't care, whatever. Never anyway. once said that, but he's a <laughs> Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Point being is everybody has their opinion, but you know whose opinions matter most? What I mentioned, those dudes in those locker rooms and those dudes who got to square off with him who are seeking him out after games, going up to him saying, man, I respect you so much. Yeah, I just wish that those same, I just wish that those same players would have had a little bit more respect for Levante David, who's completely left off the list. And Gerald McCoy, his former teammate, went to went to bat for him. Granted, on, on and you know, Gerald's gonna always have Levante's back. They're, 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 they're close friends. They're always gonna be, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were they were leaders to this football team when this football team was was real bear of leaders. Okay, real bear of leaders. When this team was struggling, you know, they go out for the first 30 minutes. And that defense would play their butts off, turn around, the scoreboard, they gave up 24 points. Ain't because of the defense. <laughs> okay? I'll just leave it at that. So Gerald's always going to have Levante's back. Those guys were, again, those guys were the bare bones to this football team when the football team was going 5-11, and 5-11, and 5-11, back to back to back years. And you know what? That brings me to another point. You got me going. And, and, that's the, <laughs> and that's this. That top 100 came out. Tom obviously was number one. I want Bucks fans, not just some of you, I want all Bucks fans to appreciate that that guy <laughs> has played for two teams in the NFL. Yep. That guy has brought two teams championships 
in the NFL. And one of them happens to be your team, all right? So when you're, you know, in the midst of your week and you're like, what's wrong with, what's wrong with my bucks? And what's wrong with this? Men and women, ladies and gentlemen, savor the moment, you know, smell the wine. You know, start to shake it up with a glass a little bit. Sniff it a little bit. You got Tom Brady, who's played for two teams in this league and is on your football team and brought a championship to your football team and has got you calling this city Tampa Bay. Has got you calling this city Champa Bay. I understand the Lightning have done plenty in this city in the last two years, but Tom Brady is the biggest factor to why that is what it is now. He's helped put your city on the map. And, and, I, and I'm not telling you Tampa didn't matter when it came to the nation. I'm telling you when it came to sports. Come on, man. 100%. Before the last two years, I just mentioned it. You and I covered this football team. We were there on Sundays, man. Man, leaving that stadium after another loss, another losing season, Pick six to end the season. Like I said, 5 5-11, 5-11, 7-9. It was like, oh, we might go 9-7 this year. Might get a 500 record. Now it's like people are like, oh, he doesn't want to play for us. Oh, he, 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 was, he wanted to go to Miami. Oh, he wanted to. He's bro. still here. Say it again. He's still here. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Okay. So I'm asking a girl to go out with me. Right? She's humming and hawing or whatever. Two other dudes ask her out. She's undecided. She eventually, for whatever reason, says, Lenny, I'm going out with you. What do you think I'm going to do? Go worried about the other two dudes <laughs> who, who didn't get a date with this 10? <laughs> I'm not worried about those other two clubs. Oh, my God. They might come back and, and oh. Oh, I liked I liked how you put that. For whatever reason, she picked you. <laughs> oh, come on, man! Come on! You did it to you did it to yourself. I, I just had to fine. just had to acknowledge hey, I, I, that. Hey, look, look, hey! To the dude who says his heart has never been broken, go tell another lie, man. <laughs> go tell another lie. All right, because I'm gonna tell you, this old man. We'll tell you that ain't the truth. All right. I don't care if you, I don't care if you're Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Dwayne Johnson, run them down. Whomever, whomever the ladies are throwing their flowers out these days, them dudes have had their heart broken. All right. It may not have been since they've been famous, but them dudes have had their, had their heart broken. I'll leave it. All right, Lynn, Lynn, we've talked about, you've talked about that dude and what you think he's going to do this season. I said, I talked to the folks on last week's podcast, and I said, we'll make some predictions in terms of the NFL on this week's podcast before we get into a full preview of the games next weekend. What I think think we'll do this week, I think we'll lay out all of our playoff teams, and then we'll save our Super Bowl predictions for next week's show. So we'll lay out our playoff teams in each of the conferences. Let's start with the NFC, and first we'll go with the division winners. I'll go first on my division winners, my four division winners. Uh, it's, the NFC East is really still the the least. It's such a hard 
division to predict. I think I'm going to go Philly winning the winning the division in the East. I'll go Green Bay, obviously, in the North, the Bucks in the South, and the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions in the West. I'll just make it easier and, and, and say this. I don't have an issue with any, any of the teams you pick to win a division. All right, my three wild cards. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Arizona. I'm going to go Carolina. And I'm going to go Minnesota. Yeah, now you're smoking. Back to your division winners. I'm taking Philly by default. Yeah. And I'm taking Philly based off of the fact that there is so much talent around Jalen Hurts. He can't screw that up. The all, both lines. The they made the playoff. They made the playoffs last year with him at quarterback. Combination wise, they may have the best offensive and defensive line, both. But that's the division leaders or winners. As far as a wild card is concerned, I'm taking San Francisco. I'm taking New Orleans, and I'm taking Minnesota. The San Francisco to me was the the hardest one to leave out. I just think that in the first year of a quarterback and. And Trey Lance, I think that it's just hard to hard to predict what, what happens there. The same reason I said about Hurts, the same reason when it comes to Trey Lance. I can't tell you Jimmy Garoppolo didn't lose games for the Niners based on all that talent around him and then turn around and change because Trey Lance is, is the quarterback. Trey Lance is the better quarterback. So with that, that team's going back to the playoffs. By the way, before we get to the AFC, we talked about it last week and how the Jimmy Garoppolo thing was going to play out. Are you surprised at the way that it plays out, that he's going to stay in that locker room as uh, Lance's backup for 2022? No, because basically it is no trade partners, and he's their best insurance plan. Yeah. You got a guy. Why would you, you cut? Why would you cut him? You're going to get no return. So. You're not going to. You're not going to get into form, and then and then you're going to you're going to put him out on the street and, and take the cap hit. Why would you do that? You know, you're not looking for Trey to get hurt. But if he did, you got the best insurance plan you've known. All right, now let's move on to the AFC. We'll start with the division winners. The East. I'm going to go with Buffalo. The North. I'm going to go with the defending AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. The AFC South. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan in the Indianapolis Colts. And then in the West, it's a very tough division to predict, but I think Pat Mahomes still gets it done and the Chiefs win the West. Yeah, I don't have a problem with your, with your, your winners as far as the uh, division's concerned either. Not, not, not there. I'm good with them. The wild cards in the AFC are so hard to predict, whereas in the NFC, I'm kind of like searching for teams to kind of pick in, to put in. I could see any of these teams making the playoffs. I could see Miami making the playoffs. I could see Baltimore making the playoffs. I could see Pittsburgh making the playoffs. I could see Tennessee making the playoffs. I could see the Chargers, the Broncos, or the Raiders making the Big playoffs. teams, man. But the three teams God. that I'm going to the three teams that I'm going to pick for the wild cards in the AFC, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Baltimore, I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to go with the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, kick the Raiders out. Put the Dolphins in, and that's 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 a wrap. Those are those are the wild card teams for me. I'll I'll tell you the 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 thing that scares me about the Chargers is good teams find the way to win close games. Bad teams find ways to lose close games, and they've done that a lot, even with coaching changes. For we both picked them to make the playoffs last year. For some reason, some way they 
figure out a way to lose close games. But eventually that's going to turn the corner, especially with Justin Herbert and all that talent around him. So I, I, they're going to be right behind Kansas City. That was tough for me to, to actually choose the Chiefs over the Chargers. But I'll say that much. Chargers, Dolphins, and the Ravens are going to be the wild cards in the, in the uh, AFC. I want to ask you about the Dolphins because one of our most loyal listeners to Downey and Martez, the Bucks podcast, is a huge Dolphins fan. And the Dolphins are going to be one of the bigger storylines of the season just because of the moves that they made. You're going to say his name or you just, just going to Justin. Re- okay. Justin. Yeah. Gracious, one of, dude. He's, 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 give him his flowers, man. You're going to say bit, one of the biggest guys. He, yeah. One of our one of our most loyal <laughs> listeners tweeting at us all the time. As much as he likes you, you're going, you're yeah. going to skip his name, huh? You hear that, Justin? I got your back, Justin. I got you. Go. So I'm going to ask you about the Dolphins. I mentioned that I think the Dolphins – could make the playoffs you and I have gone back and forth on Tua and I have been a little bit more of a Tua believer than you have uh, when, we've dis- when we've discussed him in, uh, the, in the past uh, no it's I I haven't been d- as down on Tua as you have I don't think no I've been but, down on the team not him okay okay so I've been what, down I've been I've been down on how they've used him I've been down on the fact yes, that yes, 100%. Chan Daly on, in an ancient offense. Yeah, so. I've been down on the fact that you're going to watch this guy throw a 30 yard BB, 35 yard BB for the game winning touchdown to Devontae Smith in a national championship game to win a national title. And then he gets to the NFL, and all of a sudden, all you want him to do is throw bubble screens. That's my issue because they weren't spreading the offense. I've always said that. It's 20 yards and in with the Dolphins. When it, when it came to defending the Miami Dolphins, since two has been there, it's been 20 yards and in. That's the biggest issue I've had with the Miami Dolphins, running the way, the way they ran their offense. And now McDaniels being there, that changes. So what's, what is the biggest reason why you think that the Dolphins are going to make a playoff run in 2022? Is it the coaching change? Is it the roster moves that they've made in terms of bringing in Tyreek Hill? Uh, I mean, is it, Tua, is, it, is, it, is it Tua making a leap, which I, which I think is intertwined with all of those things? I, to me, I think it's all of those things. I love McDaniel's offense. I it's love all those the, things. I love the Shanahan style of offense, heavy play action. And when you have a guy like a Tyree Kill who can get over the top and you have a heavy play auction, play action offense. I love it. I've, but no, I'm not talking myself into putting the Dolphins in the playoffs, but I do think that to approve. There you are. You actually a, are. You actually are. You're going to bash me for talking bad. No, I don't. Yet you don't have them making the playoffs. No, yeah. I don't. Just because of, just because of how difficult the AFC is. Personally, I think it's, if the Dolphins are in the NFC, I think that they're a shoe in. For, for the playoffs. I just think that the AFC is so competitive where I mentioned it. It's going to be a disappointing season for Miami, for Denver, for Tennessee, if they miss the playoffs this year. Of course, and for all those teams, because yeah. they made changes and expect them for, they expect them, except for Tennessee. <laughs> Us Malik Willis ends up taking more snaps than Tannehill this year. They got what they deserve. But here's the thing when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. All right. They're going to win at least four games in their division this year. At least four. Now, you can take them any way you want. They beat the Jets twice and New England twice and lose twice to, the, to Buffalo, or they split with the, with the Patriots and the Bills, but beat the Jets twice. No matter how it is, they're coming out of the division with four wins. All right? They're coming out of the division with four wins. Based off their schedule after that, they're going to find at least five more. 
<laughs> and that's all you need is nine. Right? Why are you why are you sour? Why are you more sour on New England? Is it a case of the AFC depth? Because you were very high on them last yeah. season. Not only because Josh McDaniels was okay. in there, and they had okay. a grown up in the room running their offense as yeah, a Matt Patricia as, as opposed to having two, not one, two failed head coaches running their offense with a second year quarterback with no offensive weapons on the outside. You want me, and you're asking why? Come on, man. The, the pages. And I, this, this is scary for me to even say. The Patriots may end up in last place in the AFC East. That is something I never thought I would hear from Lynn Martin. I mean, I, I, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you like that I'm, that I, I, you know, that I want it to happen, but that's the reality. Yeah. The, the Jets have more offensive weapons on the outside than the Patriots do. They do. The Jets are the Jets are a team and they don't have, to make a make a jump. And they don't have two failed, badly, miserably failed head coaches trying to run their offense. So those are our division. You can't winners. have you can't have you can't have two quarterbacks. You have two quarterbacks. Oh, you, you got two number ones. And just like you can't have two number ones, you can't have two offensive coordinators. Get a guy to call plays. Those are our division winners and our wild card teams. Next week, we will make our Super Bowl predictions and preview Bucks and Cowboys and the rest of week one. Until then, follow him on Twitter, Elmar810. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore Nation. Follow me at TD, TD Experience. And until next week, this it's been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. 11 days, Trey Downey. 11 days. <laughs>